Welcome to Fading Memories, a supportive podcast for those of us dealing with a loved one with memory loss. Are you looking for a way to connect with your loved one? Maybe an activity to do the next time you visit? Something other than sitting around and answering the same questions over and over again like we always seem to do? Let me tell you about some books that I discovered that changed the last visit I had with mom tremendously. They're called Two Lap Books. They are simple, read aloud books for memory challenged adults. You see, people with Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementias gradually lose their ability to initiate communication with others. Because of this, these uniquely adapted books, quote, give voice to these loved ones. By using the book's large, simple text and colorful illustrations, we can initiate conversations. Most noteworthy, reading books together can make meaningful connections with our loved ones and help stimulate their mind. Caregivers will enjoy sharing these books and creating purposeful, interactive activities for engaging people with memory deficits. Best of all, reading these books together will very likely bring out memories that you can share together. I've made it super easy for you guys to check out these books. The link to the Amazon page is in the show notes, so give it a click. I know you and your loved ones will get a tremendous amount of enjoyment together reading these books. Mom enjoyed them, her friends enjoyed them, and I enjoyed an afternoon with them like I haven't had in a very long time. With the winter months coming, Mom and I won't be able to go outside on our little adventures, so we'll definitely be reading these books a lot more as the colder weather envelops us and keeps us inside. Today's episode is a little bit different than the previous episodes I've done where I interview family of people suffering from Alzheimer's or dementia. A young lady by the name of Haley reached out to me online with a story about her grandfather, so I asked if she and her mom would like to tell their story. Our conversation is about her grandfather and dad, but it also ended up being a bit of an advice-giving session, and I think you're going to really like it. It got lengthy, so this is part one. I hope you enjoy, and stay tuned. Next week will be part two. Okay, um, well, I'm Robin, and this is my daughter, Haley. Hi. 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 Nice to meet you, by the way. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, well, you want me to just kind of like start from... Yeah, I mean, how old is dad, grandpa, and how long is he, um, does he have an actual diagnosis of his Alzheimer's, or is it dementia? He does now of, um, have the diagnosis of Alzheimer's. Okay. Um, he'll be, he'll be 82 this December. Okay. And he, we noticed behavior changes maybe like five, five and a half years ago, um, and at that point, though they weren't living, my parents weren't living with me yet. So I'm working a lot. We didn't really notice too much, you know, just normal. Well, he's getting older kind of changes. Um, and then it really wasn't about until four months ago when I had gone to the neurologist with him where the neurologist had noticed a huge change. And I guess up until the time they had moved in with me, they really weren't going to doctor's appointments. My mom really wasn't going with him. So 
not much was being done or documented. So uh, his neurologist was extremely surprised about how much had changed in the time, I guess, that he had seen him, um, which was, that's a whole other story with the whole doctor thing. But um, so now we're kind of at a point where, okay, he has the diagnosis and it's being more, you know, uh, I, I don't know, more tracked and taken care of, but uh, the change has just been really drastic, really, really fast, it seems like. Um, so uh, we're just kind of now working with the neurologist on what we're going to do from here. Or what what kind of suggestions are they, is the neurologist giving you? Well, right now it's more of, um, you know, he says, well, you're going to need more home help. And it's, it's more of when I'm going to make, when we're going to make a decision of, is he going to stay home? Can we handle him at home? Can we take care of him? Um, other than medication and maybe kind of like an adult daycare to get him out of the house here and there, um, you know, and then having home health come in and just kind of check his meds and just kind of make sure everything's Oh, sure. I guess you could stay in the house for him. Um, that's really all they really suggest. So more of on our own, just kind of reading and just talking to other people who are in the same situation. Um, there's just structural things that we could do at home that we're trying to do. And then we're trying to, we are working with more alternative medications for him um, along with like his Namenda and his um, Aricept, those standard things that they give them. Um, so we haven't really looked into like adult daycare or anything yet because it's just very hard just to even get him up and into his wheelchair in the day and get him going. Uh, he's very combative, so uh, and argumentative, <laughs> stubborn. So it's hard to get him in a routine right now. Well, I know there's a um, an adult day program here in my town, and you guys are in San Diego, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm north. I'm in a much smaller city. I'm in um, Brentwood, which is about 50 miles northeast of San Francisco. So okay. it's, a, it's a small city, um, but we have a new adult day program, and they actually incorporate the the preschoolers and then the school-age children come in for about half hour, 45 minutes separately, obviously, with mm -hmm. the adults. And it's like the best program I've ever heard of. I wish I could have utilized it for my mom. Um, but she's actually in a memory community. My mom's only 75. Oh. So, yeah, it's, it's not fun. One thing with the combative that I recently... I had listened to a talk from somebody and she was saying... You know, if you ask him, you know, like, oh, good morning. Do you want breakfast? What do you want to wear? And you start asking a lot of questions all at once. It's like they're so overwhelmed. They're just like they lash out. So, they, right. yeah. So it's like just they she was um, her name is Laura. Last name is going to totally slip my mind now. She's the dementia whisperer and she has a super awesome book, which, of course, is not handy. But she's amazing. And she was saying, well, you have to think for them. And it's not disrespectful to think for them. It's like, you know, he needs to get up and have breakfast. So you can give him, you know, do you want eggs or oatmeal or whatever, you know, 
might be his choice. I know in the care community, they don't give them choices. They're like, oh, well, I guess sometimes they get choices, but most of the time it's like, oh, here's your lunch, here's your breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, and they just go along with it, and it's it seems to work pretty well. So I don't know if that helps, but, you know, get uh, getting in a routine must be really hard. My dad passed away, and it was obvious that my mom was worse than I expected, and it, you know, I'm only 51. My sister's 47. So it's like, um, I'm sorry, but mom is not moving in with me. I, <laughs> I still work and my husband works. And my daughter had moved out literally a month before my dad passed away. And I didn't even have a room until then. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. Must do something else. And I knew I couldn't, I couldn't, I, I go visit her. And after a couple hours, I'm like, I'm out. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. My brain is mush. So yeah. I know she, I couldn't have her here and still be able to function. So the, the care community is, is wonderful. I mean, I still have to do a lot of stuff like they got a different hairdresser. So I had to set up a new hair appointment with her and go, you know, it's like she needs, I I handle all the doctor's appointments because my sister works outside the home. I, I at least work from home. So I have more flexibility, but it's exhausting even with her in the care community so I would definitely look into the the adult day programs because they are really good and they're around people like them mm-hmm. like my mom one of the reasons we chose the care community was because I wanted her to do the activities and be able to do things and, and have at least some way well heck she doesn't do any of those she just pff, refuses which is frustrating but when I show up I, I go on Mondays to see her after my rotary meeting so it's after lunch, and they're renovating the entire facility right now, the entire community. Sorry, facility is not the right word. And so it's chaos, which, of course, with cognitively impaired people is a challenge. Um, but a lot of times before the renovations, and I'm sure once they're all done, it'll go back, but her and her friends would sit around the table and just talk, 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 talk. And one of these days I'm going to sneak in. I have a literally a portable recording device that's like smaller than a piece of gum and it's voice activated and i'm gonna sneak in because i want to know what do they talk about how often do they say the same thing over and over again i mean you know and she's happy she's you know it's it's great you know she can ask her friend the same question 15 times they could talk about the new cute rug we put in her room for an hour and they're happy. I'm like going bonkers. I'm like on my phone going, Oh God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> so it's been really, really great. You know, hmm. so I, I think being around people like them is super helpful because, well, I mean, they do get frustrated with each other, but not like we do. It's really hard not to, to get frustrated if your dad's getting grumpy with you or. Right. So. Mm-hmm. That's something that we're, it's really hard in trying to, uh, like I, at work, I deal with patients all the time that have dementia, that have Alzheimer's, and I'm always talking to their children who are my age, and it's like, it's so easy to be like, yeah, you know, you just do this, and just, you know, work with, but at home, it's so different when it's your own, you know, parent, and so it's... One of the things that me and her are struggling with is just the frustration because we don't want to make him feel like we're angry with him. And my grandmother's been, um, I've been talking to her a lot on the phone. Her husband passed away 
and uh, he was in a like a care community uh, for he had Alzheimer's and the same. She said the same thing. You know, don't give them too many choices. Don't um, you know all that chaos? It's chaos to them when you're coming at them with all those questions and whatnot. And just kind of like learning how to redirect the conversation sometimes or. Um, things like that. So it's been like a learning, a total learning experience for me and her because that's new. It's not, yeah, it's not her. Close the window here. Yeah. There we go. It's like, that was too much noise. Yeah, <laughs> it's, um, it is really hard because, um, like I said, they're renovating the community, the assisted living side and the memory community. And they got new carpet now until about three weeks ago. My mom's been there for almost 18 months. She had her dog, which when we first moved her in, that was great because that was the worst day of my life. That was worse than the day my dad died. That was was horrible. She didn't want to be there. She begged us not to leave her there. Why are we doing this to me? You know, why can't I stay there? It was horrible. And then you have to leave. And it's, yeah. you know, she's all upset. So she had her dog, and that was great. But the dog had no structure, and all the residents, all the little old ladies would feed her. So the poor dog was almost literally double what she should have weighed. She should have weighed 15 pounds. She weighed 27 and kept Aww. gaining. I'm like, I don't know how the dog could eat that much. But And she also was really horrible. I let her out one day. My mom and I had been out. When we got back, the first thing I did, let the dog out because, you know, dog needs to go out. We've been out for an hour and a half or so. She ran around the courtyard looking for my mom, who was in the ladies' room, and she was out there for two or three minutes. And it was, like, literally 100 degrees. So I'm like, okay, if you're not going to go, we'll go inside. Bring her inside. She was bouncing off my mom's legs, which was upsetting my mom, which was unusual, And then she promptly pees on the rug. And I'm like, dog, seriously. So the executive director of the community, he was like, "Um, well, you see, uh, well, we're getting new carpet. I'm like, oh, so you'd like Misty to be rehomed. (laughs) And that was hard. My sister and I had been debating because it's like it was obvious the dog was not healthy. Mm. You know, the, the care staff was doing what they could, but the rest of the residents were just undermining this dog's well-being. And we were were total dog people. And so it was like, okay, what are we going to do with this dog? You know, do we wait till mom forgets her? Yeah. So it was, it was kind of a blessing that there was like a, hey, you know, we're getting carpet on whatever it was a couple weeks ago. I think it'll be three weeks this coming Monday. And we really don't want the dog peeing on the new rug. So it was nice that there was, like, a hard and fast line, and the breeder took her back. Her grandkids have her, so hopefully the dog oh. will be 10 in November. So hopefully she'll have a good last few years of her life, happy, healthier, yeah, uh, not quite so nutsy. But, yeah, so it's, you know, but we put a new rug in Mom's room because we have to clean the other one. And <laughs> they talked about this rug for an hour. Oh. I was like... I am so gonna die, and then the next the next week I show up and the rug is totally gone, and I'm like, "What the hell, mother? Where is your rug?" And she's like, "Huh? What?" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so it turned out her friend, who absolutely loved the rug, I'm I'm assuming both ladies hid it in the friend's room. Oh, no idea why. 
I'm like, whatever. Yeah, it's like, you know, I know you guys share clothes. <laughs> and I'm I can live with that cuz I can't change it. It's just crazy. I mean, it's it's very interesting. There's a lot of things you have to kind of overlook in a care community because you know, they are adults and you can't like lock up all their stuff. <laughs> but it's it is interesting, but I think being around people like her has really helped. And I saw her Monday and she didn't mention the dog at all. So it was like, hey. And none of the other residents had mentioned the dog because the previous week they're like, where's your little dog? And it's like, stop. Be quiet. Don't say that. And they don't understand. So it's like, okay, I'll just wait till everybody forgets the dog and um, it'll be okay. So. That's the, we do some of the same things here too. Like, we're just, there's some things where we choose not to tell him or he'll ask about and we just pray that he'll forget like the next day just because we don't want to have to deal with all that yeah i don't i don't know if you've ever if anybody's ever told you or if you ever heard the term when we were in the process of moving mom in the actually the business manager of the community said you know don't invite your mom to our reality and because my grandmother all, all also had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And when my grandfather passed away, he passed away before her, there were times when she would get very upset and say things like, she'd mostly be talking to my aunts and uncles, you know, she'd get very upset and she's like, oh, your father left me for another woman. Ugh. Well, that's bad, which that wasn't what happened. So then they'd say, no, mom, he didn't do that. He died. So that was the first time she'd heard that he died. And then she'd go through the whole mourning process again, or at least shortened version of it. Right. And I'm like, and my dad had literally passed away like two weeks ago, and I didn't want to go through that with my mom. It was bad enough, kind of one step removed with my grandmother. And that's when this lady said, don't invite your mom to our reality. She said, you know, just... Tell her that your dad's with his friend, or my dad was also a Rotarian. Tell him, tell her she's at he he's at Rotary. She still thinks he's off somewhere. It's the oh. funniest thing. Like the first, I took the my husband picked up the dog on a Friday, and I went the next Monday, and she would made the comment. She's like, "Where's my dog? Oh, she must be with my husband." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, no, not really, but that'll work." And so whenever she says like. If I take her out, you know, does my husband know where I'm going? Yes, mom. Dad knows where we're going. Okay. It's like, I don't remind her that he's gone because I don't want to deal with that. So they really, I, and my um, support group, they call them fiblets. You know, just like little white lies. Yeah, yeah. And there was Uh, a, a gal that really needed to hear that kind of story because her, she was trying to help take care of her grandmother who was accusing her of stealing from her and trying to kill her, which um, is really bad. And they were, and she was trying to be honest with her grandmother, and it wasn't working. And they're like, no, 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 stop being honest. Just tell her fiblets. So that's not a bad solution. No, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense because, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I always feel really bad if he's, you know, continually, continuously asking me something or it, we don't know what to say my, sometimes. My middle school promotion. Mm-hmm. It's not that we didn't want him to be there because I would have loved if he was there, but it was more of like, 
don't know if it was really wheelchair accessible, if he would have been like behaving kind of. He's so, he's an amputee on top of being difficult to kind of just deal with. And my mom, she's bipolar. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) Um, She's not, it's not like, there's no really like help for her, like, you know, support, you know, so it's like, she didn't mind not going anyways because that's just kind of how she is. But mm-hmm. we've been telling him now for what? How it, long? It's been like three months and he's still asking, hey, when is your promotion? Even though he knows I'm starting high school. And I'm just like, I'll just change the subject of like, oh, you know, why don't we ask mom when she gets home? Has she texted grandma asking when she'll be home? Or, and he'll forget about it. Or like, hey, have you eaten dinner yet? I'll just say something to change the subject and he'll forget for another two weeks yeah yeah it's easier to do that than to i feel like we'd hurt his feelings you know what i mean or yeah we tiptoe around him a lot i noticed lately so and not really knowing if that's the best thing to do but he seems to be happy like without knowing certain truths so like it sounds bad but I don't know. It is hard. Like, my, I try to think. My mom doesn't obviously remember two minutes ago. And they say things like, oh, well, you know, talk about the old days with her. That doesn't work either. Uh, actually, the episode that's going to come out Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, is going to be, it was actually the first podcast I recorded. And oh. it's a, it's a lot of interaction with her and... Right after that, I got all these different interviews that were more interesting, so I never have posted. I'm just going to post that because I figure it's probably not going to be a huge listening week because most people are going back to school and, you know, so, but it's, it's interesting, but she doesn't seem to have a lot of long-term memory either. Mm-hmm. And whenever she asks me something, you know, like does sometimes when from her room to the car, she'll ask me like four times if, her husband, which happens to be my dad, which she never refers to him that way with me anymore, knows where he's at. I just tell her yes. And I there was one day I kept saying, I was like, I was tired of that question. So I was like, well, I didn't see dad, so I don't really know. But it's okay because, you know, he knew I was coming over. That upset her because she was like, oh, I want to make sure he knows where I'm at. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I told him. I was like, Whoo, okay, don't, don't change up that story. <laughs> So I think keeping them happy, you know, they can't, I it, I keep thinking, what is it like, you know, you, you go to sleep, you wake up and you're like, you have like no idea, she has no idea like what day it is, what month, she's not aware of like seasons, which is kind of, you know, hard to imagine because it's like you go out in the courtyard, it's 100 degrees and you know, I don't know if you guys have had wildfires down there. So we had about a month where the sky was just gross. There was one day I'm like, I'm not taking you out because it's 103 degrees and the sky is like brown from smoke, drifting from all the fires from everywhere. And she has no clue. I show up and she's like in a sweater. And I'm like, okay, apparently you didn't listen to the caregivers this morning when they helped you with your clothes. Before they moved in, when they were like, just like four years ago even, he would always put very large and heavy sweaters on yeah. to go to his doctor's appointments. Mm-hmm. And I would always say, like, Grandpa, are you sure you want to wear a sweater out? It's, like, 90 degrees in the middle of summer. I'm not sure that they have air conditioning where we're going. 
maybe you want to try a t-shirt? He's like, no, 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 I'll be fine. Yeah, he has okay. no idea about the, this. Like, he does not understand. What, he still thinks it's 2012. Oh, uh, okay. The last time that we, the last neurologist visit, and he didn't know the seasons. Um, and I purposely actually took him after 4 o'clock to the doctor so he could see his behavior because uh, it's almost as if they didn't believe us and the drasticness of it, um, the, how he had changed. So, okay. Does he get sundowners really bad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, lately, it's been a little better, and I don't know if it's because of the new things that we're incorporating into his routine um, medically, but um, that's actually been helping a lot. He used to get up at 10 p.m., like when everyone's about to go to bed, yeah. and say, good morning. Ready and, for his day. <laughs> and we would always, like, we don't know if we should correct him. Like, oh, actually, it's nighttime because we don't want to embarrass him. Yeah. But then he also gets upset, and we're like, oh, do you want dinner? And he's like, what do you mean dinner? I want breakfast. He's like, how do we introduce yeah. night? <laughs> I have not had to deal with that. My mo- I don't know if it was because... I think because my parents were in their house, like, literally two months shy of 47 years, I think a lot of what my mom did was, like, muscle memory, where, you know, it's like, you get up, you go to, you know, you get up from the same bed, you go to the same bathroom, you go in the same kitchen, you know, Haley hasn't experienced this because she's not a driver yet, but, you know, you've driven someplace and you end up home and you're like, yikes, I don't remember I don't remember the drive home, but I got here. So, you know, I, I think that kind of muscle memory really helped her. And I've experienced sundowns down her little sundown her. Jeez, I cannot say that word. Sundowners with her. When my dad was in the hospital, I had her. She needed her nails done really badly. So I took her to my nail gal. Their house was about 20 miles away. When the gal was done with her nails, I was driving her home through the back roads in the country, and it was December, so it was getting dark rapidly, and the conversations were beyond weird. She she thought that my house had belonged to her grandparents. Well, my house is only 11 years old now, so they definitely didn't belong to her grandparents. And she was getting kind of testy because she said, well, now, if you like your house, you should be paying my grandparents for it. And I'm like, I didn't even meet your grandparents. They died before I was born. So and I was like, okay, this is really creepy and weird. And I could kind of see it because we're in the back country roads in the hills and we're driving down these you know, curvy road and it's there's not a lot of streetlights. So I'm thinking... You know, if you don't really have a clue what's going on, this could be Mars. It was really interesting. And my sister used to take her to um, my niece's basketball games and my nephew's karate and stuff. But those are all in the evening and in the winter and the you know late winter, early spring. My sister's like, I just can't do it anymore. She just gets so confused and it's it's it upsets the kids and. Uh, my niece is almost 13, so she must be 8th grade now. Mm-hmm. Sounds right. Yeah, I was like, um, hard to keep, it's hard to keep track. Um, yeah. And my nephew's a little bit younger, so, you know, it's hard for them when grandma's getting all confused. So, so Haley wrote a really nice article 
about yeah. So you, can you like um, give us the highlights of that, or tell you 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 haven't talked too much, so tell us about your grandfather. Okay, so a couple of months ago, I published an article called "From Oatmeal Cookies to Soup on a Plate," and the title sounds a bit weird, but when I was really little, my mom couldn't pick me up from work. Um, well, from school, school. right work. Um, I would just stay at my grandparents' house, and it seemed like every weekend, my grandfather and I would make oatmeal cookies. And then, as we started to get older, he would always forget like a key ingredient, and I never knew if I should bring it up to him and be like, "Hey, shouldn't we use this?" But it, it just it didn't work out anymore, so we kind of just stopped doing that. And then actually, like, a week before I wrote that article, we walked into the kitchen, and he was taking a can of tomato soup, and he just poured it on a plate, and he was dripping everywhere in the kitchen, and he didn't see anything wrong with that. Like, my stepdad, he was just asking, hey, um, what are you doing? He's like, I'm making soup. And we're just like, on a plate? Are you sure you don't want a bowl? Does he realize that it's dripping everywhere, and there's nothing on the plate? Especially because, like, he tends to hold everything at a slant. Oh. So, like, pouring everything into his wheelchair. And oh, all no. Yeah. So, that's essentially what the title means. Um, I kind of just go through the timeline of, well, nine years ago, he lost his leg. Um, he was a Navy, was in the Navy for about 30 years. Navy chief. Um, he loves to tell the Navy stories. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite when I was little. And now, like, when he tries to tell them, they're not exactly the same. Feels like... Yeah. <laughs> a couple of months ago, he was trying to tell a story about, like, how he gave one of his friends a swirly after losing a bet. But somehow he ended up talking about a square. That's what it became. It was around, like, 7 p.m. We had taken him outside. We started talking about a square and holding hands and wives. And none of that really made... But I didn't know if I should ask him, Grandpa, is this a new story? I didn't know how to ask anything because the words all together, they just, they just they didn't make sense at all. Like, and it's hard to understand him when yes. he talks. So. He doesn't have very many teeth left. So when he's talking, they kind of sound a bit slurred and just hard to understand him sometimes. Yeah. I can relate. The gal that lives in the room next to my mom, they have a shared bathroom and the gal that's in the room next to my mom with the shared bathroom is irish so she speaks a combination of irish gibberish and a little bit of english and she will come up very close to you and start speaking and i've learned to listen really hard for the one or two little english words so that i can at least respond what I hope is somewhat logically to her, because if you kind of ignore her, she gets frustrated, which is understandable. It'd be pretty rude if you were trying to talk to me and I was ignoring you. Yeah. (laughs) But sometimes it's like, okay, (laughs) I didn't catch any of that. So sometimes I just, I just take a wild guess and hope that it's close because I never really know and it just, it reminds me of a time when my daughter was 18 months old and she came up to me and s- literally full sentence. Blah, 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 blah. And I was <laughs> like, oh boy, what was that? And so I had her repeat it and it was still, you know, baby talk. And I said, 
can you show me? Mommy didn't understand that. And she stomped her foot and stomped out of the room. And I was like, well, okay, the kid is offended because I didn't <laughs> understand her. So I always keep that kind of in mind. And I try, you know, I look around and think, you know, what are they doing? You know, is it close to dinner? You know, what might she need? Because I don't want her getting frustrated and acting out. I've never seen her act out, but, you know, the caregivers have their hands full and they don't need me to stir up trouble. (laughs) So sometimes I would think with your grandfather, I would just... Maybe you could say, oh, yeah, I remember that story you were telling me, and then repeat what you remember. Maybe, I don't know if that'll help. Yeah. It might, I don't know. It's it's so hard when they they don't, aren't super conversational anymore. Like, my mom yeah. speaks, and she speaks clearly, but she doesn't, when she's with her friend, who's also named Diane, which is super confusing for my mother, yeah. her friend talks a lot. And my mom just kind of nods her head and and agrees and throws in little short sentences. And when I take her out, like, we'll go. It's been about, I think it's been about six weeks. I took her and her friend to our local city park. And, yeah, that was fun. I, I had to get permission from her daughters. I'm like, uh, your mom wants to go out with us. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I took them. We have one of those splash zones for the kids, and it was hotter than heck that day and the two ladies loved watching the little kids play in the splash zone and her friend would well they talk a lot more to each other than my mom talks to me I think that's really interesting but I find it easier to deal with my mom sometimes if I also bring her friend because a lot of people are like are you crazy you have two two ladies with Alzheimer's in the park I'm like yeah they deal with each other Yeah, that makes sense. That's why it's like I think the, excuse me, the adult day program would probably be good for everybody. Right. You know, it's worth trying. I know the local one here is just now going to five days a week. The one that was in my, close to my parents' house wasn't that close, which is why my dad never jumped on board, I think. But they were a five day a week program, but you could go as little as one. And um, it sounded great. I never could get my dad to go with us, take mm-hmm. mom and check it out. But I thought it would be, I now know it would have been really beneficial for both of them. But, you know, now she has other people like her to deal with at home. So, how long has your dad been with you? Yes, he moved in December. in December. Yeah, we December just moved him in in December. So nine months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's in that nine months. My like a lot has changed with a him. A lot. Um, and it's really weird because uh, Haley and my dad were like, when she was a toddler, two peas in a pod. You couldn't separate them. They did everything together. Went and fed the ducks, baked cookies, and everything. And now it's like, uh, he he would always like ask me if I wanted to make dinner, and he would always like teach me different ways of cooking, like especially Japanese food. Yeah. And then now it's kind of like we can't have him in the kitchen because he's a hazard, like a hazard to himself. We don't want him to accidentally hurt himself in the kitchen. Or there have been days where where someone will wake up in the middle of the night and he's go in the kitchen. He's out there trying to cook, or he left the stove on. And he shouldn't have even been in the kitchen in the first place. Yeah. So it, it just kind of reversed the whole thing of like, 
he's teaching me how to cook and all these manners, and then now he doesn't know them, and we're trying to make him not do certain things. Yeah. And it's like the adult, the uh, the daycare center thing, we were thinking also would be good, because then he's got something to do all day, and then by the time he gets home, maybe he'll actually be tired and, and sleep through the night. Yeah, that's one of the things. If you go back after we're done here, if you go listen to the episode, it's early on. I can't remember what number it is, but it's called It Takes a Village. It was so fascinating, and I'm trying to do everything I can to help support them because I know how great this program is. Everybody kept saying, oh, we need this, we need this, we need this, and so they did all the licensing and all the stuff the state requires to do the adult day program, and it hasn't exploded like they thought or hoped. It's been very slow growth, like really painfully slow. But the conversation I had with the gal and their program, like I said, is unique because they um, incorporate the kids. So the, you know, like my mom loves to watch the kids. We'll go out to a park and watch the kids swim or watch the kids play. And, you know, obviously, you know, she had two kids. She raised two girls and she was she was like with my daughter, she was like. Haley's grandfather, they they made cookies and they did all that kind of cooking together as well, so I can relate. And, you know, they were during the conversation that if you guys listen to it, it, she talks about how the grandparent kind of influence on the kids is so beneficial and the kids' influence on the seniors is beneficial. But what really struck me was the benefit that the sandwich generation gets, the, the parents that aren't there and the, you know, the kids of the seniors who are at work, you know, they're getting this benefit because they are tired, they've had stimulation. It, you know, so I would definitely you know, put that on the definite, definite check into. They're not really cheap. We just did a fundraiser for ours so that they could have scholarships for seniors that can't afford to go as often as they need. And, you know, that's just, they're a huge part of the community that we just need to get the word out more. And we have a lot of retirement neighborhoods in our town. I swear sometimes it feels like half the town is like 55 and over, but that's probably not quite true. Um, so you think it would be a huge... Um, you know, hugely popular, but they just started this year. So hopefully, you know, people will realize the benefits of it. And that's one of the reasons I did an episode with hers because I could tell from my research when my mom and dad were still living in their home to dealing with my mom in the care community and, and the benefits that she's getting with being with people like her. I'm like, I know this is a great thing. So it was, it was a fun talk and she was, she was fun to talk to. So definitely listen to that because it might also help answer some of your questions. Um, but tell me a little bit more about your dad. Haley said he was in the Navy for 30 years. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, 30 plus years. Wow. Um, I should know better how long he was in the Navy. But um, like 30, I don't know, 35 maybe. Um, but he, uh, that's. He's a Navy man. That was mainly his, his, he still is. He's still, when you, if you were to talk to him or spend a day with him or whatnot, you could just tell he's just very, um, when I was growing up, everything was very structured and, you know, very military dad. Um, me and him, 
I would say every weekend when I was a kid, we'd go fishing, and he's just a, all around a, a very humble man. Um, people, you know, go by, hey, Jimbo, he knows everybody, makes friends with everybody. Yeah. Now, he, when we take him outside, he's still trying to, you know, say hi to everybody, and um, he's just very friendly, very outgoing yeah. and very friendly. Um which is why it's hard to see him when he's in his like shell. Um, you can tell when he's like feeling down and whatnot, which is more often than um, he used to. But um, he, my whole life, he's been like my rock. He's always been my supporter. Like I said, my mom's uh, not mentally well. So um He's always been the one to kind of push me and Haley to go do things and um, get creative with things. Yeah. He's the one that's always influenced us to, to do things and, and help us out in our journey in our life and our own personal things. But he, um, he also kept a lot of his health secretive from us. So when, it, when he had his doctor's appointments, he... Um, my mom never went with him, even when he had his leg. Um, and at that time, he was just dealing with, you know, the typical stuff. You're, you've got hypertension, you're borderline diabetic, watch what you eat, yada, yada. But he never told us anything else. And I think um, I, I don't know. He, I think when he went to my brother's funeral, he actually knew he had a blood clot and didn't tell anybody. So uh things like that and then when he came back and uh started kind of I, I say losing it um he would still go to his doctor's appointments by himself very tried to still be independent and he was driving still up until about not even a year ago his license was barely taken away oh, wow yeah so it's like he's very he's always been very stubborn hard-headed hard um to this day he's still is asking me to bring him a DMV manual because he's going to get his license back. Um, I, would, I would give it to him. Yeah. that Because yeah. it gives him something to do. Yeah. Yep. And I, I didn't, I, you know, like I said, I hate hurting his feelings. I, I just feel like he's very, he's so fragile now compared to how, like I said, like I'm used to, I'm used to, he's, you know, our rock, he's the, you know, the strong one, the stern one, and the go-getter, and now it's like, it's totally, it's like reverse. He's like a little, like a toddler now, almost, and that's kind of how it feels, but. It is, that is kind of how, like, when you, you know, they you get a cog, you know, a brain disease like Alzheimer's or some kind of dementia, you do kind of age backwards because that's how I, that's how I feel about with my mom, and I try not to think about it that way. And it's really hard when she tells her friend that, oh, yeah, this is my really good friend. And her friend will tell her, oh, I thought she was your cousin. It's like, no. You know, I'm like, I call you mom. Like, why is that not a hint? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad was a Marine, so I can understand how you feel. Although he was stationed in 29 Palms and he doesn't like the didn't like the heat. So he only lasted four years. Wow. So, <laughs> I think if he was stationed in San Diego, he might have lasted longer. Yeah, yeah. And I would say, you know what, he, um, those are the story. I mean, they have been switching up a little bit lately, but 
the stories that he tells the most are like his Navy stories. Uh, he was mainly stationed in Japan, oh. so those are his fondest memories. Something that keeps him busy, like when he's not just watching Netflix or like sleeping, he always looks up the Japanese Times, the newspaper. Oh, yeah. He loves reading all about Japan. And then when he finds out something like where he was stationed, loves telling us about that. That's something that he always remembers is he seems to remember a lot about Japan. Yeah, he still uses the... He's got a lap... Oh, he's a computer. In his room, so we still let him, you know, surf the web and whatnot. So I walk in there a lot, and he's in there still reading the Japanese times and trying to stay up to date. It's it's cute. Is that in Uh, English or is that in Japanese? I think it's in both. I think what he's looking at is in English, but I've seen, like... Japanese writing on there, and I know he's tried reading it though, yeah. in Japanese. He, at this point, he's probably just making up whatever he's reading it to us, you know, in yeah. Japanese. But if we take him out to like a Japanese restaurant or um, anything like that, he'll speak Japanese um, still to this day. Um, it's his fondest memories. It's, it's that's cool. Do you have yeah. any like? Um, you know, like photographic books of Japan that he could just look through. Because there's um, one of the recent episodes I did was with a gal that created these books called Two Lap Books. They're um, one sentence per page, and they've got beautiful illustrations. And my mom and her friends loved those books. I was afraid that, that she would think that they were a little childish. Why? Especially her friend who still does read. She's always got a paperback in her hand. And I wasn't sure if she just faux read, but she read all of the technical parts of the book to me, not the part that was designed for them. So mm-hmm. she definitely still reads. And she loved them. So maybe, you know, like, you know, what they call those tabletop books with pictures of japan and you probably have books of you know navy ships and stuff but then he can just look through those and and have memories yeah and when we moved um them into um our house here i used to find all of his uh uh medals i found a whole bunch of um uh pictures of my half siblings with his first wife from when they were in Japan. Um, lots of photos of old friends of his that um, I remember him talking about. So I was thinking about getting those out too. And then I had found books that he had collected, I guess, with just uh, Navy ships and whatnot, with stories from Japan. And I was thinking to take those out and you know see if he wanted to take a look at them. And then I had gotten him... You had mentioned, like, the childish thing, and I had gotten him, somebody mentioned, oh, you should get him, like, a coloring thing where it's, like, those big, I don't know, it's like a book, and you just color it whatever color, but it's... um, Mandalas? Mandalas, I don't know. Okay, yeah, I know what those are. Um, And I personally thought, no, he's going to think I'm giving him a coloring book and crayons, Um, and then it turns out, when he's looking at it, it's too much for him to view anyways. It's yeah. just so many little things. Um, and so I didn't know. I, I, I um, like when I have access to a printer, I'll print out word searches I make and I make them all personalized about our family. Oh, neat. So whenever he's, yeah, he's getting word searches where he has to find our names and like 
adjectives that describe his family, he loves those. And I used to think the same thing, like, he's going to think it's childish and all that. But no, when I was little, I would always, like, write word searches for him. So it makes him think of those, and he just gets in a better mood anyway. That's, That's true. cool. See, my mom was really creative. She did painting. Later in life, she actually did woodworking. So I was all excited. You know, they have crafts, and they color a lot of afternoons. I can't get that woman to do that stuff at all. I did. There was one day I was just a little bit stressed and they were coloring and I'm like, you know, and this is true. I have my own colored pencils and all that and a couple coloring books. I'm like, I'm like, let's just do this, mom. It's so relaxing. And I'm sitting there coloring and she had picked out a picture of a poodle because that's what her dog was. And she had a hard time deciphering between inside the lines and like outside like where the collar was Mm -hmm. you know was it like part of the head or you know it just confused her so I was like okay well this isn't relaxing for her um I'm going to try like I said when they're not in disarray over there um I also interviewed a guy that I found on Instagram he's his mom is my age which is just terrifying and six months after his mom was diagnosed, his grandmother was diagnosed. So he um, leads them in art. So on Instagram, it's I think it's Alzheimer's art or art by Alzheimer's. It's one of those two. And he's he's been contacted by people like all over the world. He, he had his Instagram account for a week and then boom. He was like, people were like contacting him. And other people have, um, sub- you know, they've posted art that their family's done. So I'm going to see if I can get her to just free paint or free draw or something. And he says he has to, like, talk his mom through it, remind her what they're doing, you know, just kind of encourage her along. So I did do a little crafty project with my mom to give to the three grandkids like a oh. year ago. I started on it. And it was kind of frustrating, but I'm going to try again kind of the way he was talking about it. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if I, th- I think she might be, you know, just deciphering things as a challenge. I don't know if she'll if she'll free paint or not, but it's worth a shot. Yeah. You know, there was no great place to separate this conversation into two parts. So I hope that wasn't too abrupt a change. I didn't want to post a two-hour podcast because caregivers are busy, we're all busy, and that's just, it's too much to commit to. So I hope you enjoyed this first half of this conversation with Robin and Haley. I hope the advice that we shared back and forth is useful or gives you some ideas on what you can do with your own loved one. I'm sure I will be checking back in with Robin and Haley to learn more about their journey with dad and grandpa, and I look forward to learning more about them. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Definitely stay tuned next week for part two, and I will talk to you again next A couple of bits of last minute business. I hope you've checked out the quote, my favorite things page. It's linked in the show notes. So definitely take a look. It is a link to the Amazon pages of my favorite books that I've used to help me learn how best to deal with my mom. And don't forget, 
If you didn't listen to last week's episode, there's an offer from the Movement Academy for their Active Aging Program app. Listeners can get 50% off their first month by using code MEMORY, and that offer is good until October 31st, 2018. And stay tuned Because at the end of the episode, I also have something special to share. There's so much useful information out there and so much we need to know to take care of our parents and our own families. And I know sometimes it's really hard to gather all this information together in a short period of time in a way you can access easily. And that's the whole point of this podcast. I share what I've learned taking care of my parents and especially my mom and all the researching of information I do for these podcast episodes. I hope you're finding them useful and hopefully a little entertaining as well. If you are, could you do me a favor? Can you go to Apple iTunes and leave a rating or even a quick review? This is how new people find my podcast and I can't be a supportive podcast if people don't know about me. As always, I'll chat with you again next week. MBK Senior Communities is dedicated to being the preferred senior living provider in the markets they serve. They create warm, inviting living spaces in desirable locations. They offer a variety of services and programs to enrich the lives of residents and their families. And by getting to know their residents, their personal preferences, and their individual needs, MBK Senior Communities can better contribute to their well-being and provide care that's right for them. They are committed to enhancing independence and quality of life, serving others the way they prefer to be treated, and providing care that is delivered with integrity, dignity, and compassion. Currently serving the Western United States, but expanding. Why not contact your local community for a tour and see for yourself why most of their residents say they felt at home from their very first visit? You can get more information by visiting their website at mbk seniorliving.com or call 949-242-1400. Okay, listeners, now for that little special something I told you I was going to share with you. Listen in. I've got a promo for one of the podcasts that I listen to. It's called Piping Hot Tea, and it's funny, it makes me laugh, and it really helps me get my day started on a positive note. Hey everyone, I'm Vince. And I'm Emily, and we are hosts of Piping Hot Tea. Piping Hot Tea is a comedy podcast where we discuss anything and everything. You will not find another podcast like us. We bring you fresh, new, off-the-wall topics that are relatable and fun. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter for episode updates, debates, and so much more. If you want to connect with us, use the hashtag Podcast. You may hear us fight sometimes, because we pretty much fight in every episode. Seriously? Did you have to bring that up in the promo? What? Honestly. Did you... Okay, well, you might as well just end it. Okay. Okay.